Hello and welcome to The Grand Thunk, the podcast in which we, Alex Blanchard and Rhiannon Kearns, discuss what we've been reading, watching and listening to. A fairly simple premise. We have transcripts and dinosaurs in our link tree on our Instagram bio at The Grand Thunk. You can message us there or email us, thegrandthunk at gmail.com. So please subscribe, rate, review and tell all your friends. For anyone that does listen to our intros, <laughs> we're just including a little nugget. We were recently informed that many people don't listen to our intros because they thought they're the same intro pre-recorded every time. But in fact, we record them specially every time. We don't do it any differently, but they are specially recorded every time. <laughs> they're very unique. Got to appreciate the art and the time that goes into those three <laughs> lines that we know off by heart. Why not mix it up? Keep it on the edge of your seats. You just never know when we're going to laugh throughout no. the intro. Could be any time. Could be any time. <laughs> Could be any time. Do we start laughing? Do we start laughing towards the end? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my friend. How are you doing? Oh, so good. So good. Yes. Yes. Living, living well. And it was your birthday. Oh, yeah, it was my birthday last week. I know, I'm now on the... You old woman, how was it? The wrong side of 25. Delightful, really lovely. It was the most chilled birthday I've ever done. Oh, nice. I just lay on the beach and read my book for most of my birthday. Mm. Which is so wonderful. And yeah, saw a couple of friends, saw a lot of family, enjoyed the sun, rolled around in the waves... What could be better? It was wonderful. Brilliant. I feel like you really got the last of that September sunshine too. So you've done well there. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's been streaming in through my windows today as well. Ah, the classic. <laughs> Talking about the weather. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't even notice that. Oh, I do hate that I do that. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> weather, 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 weather. Okay, let's move on from the weather and talk about something else equally as British and boring is, have you run out of petrol yet? Well, <laughs> so, so this week was the first week where I realised that I've become well and truly boring. I drive quite an old car and I had a full on 10 minute conversation with the man... <laughs> The man at the petrol petrol garage, there we go, about different types of petrol, where he sources petrol from. This guy behind me started laughing and I was like, oh, I don't know why he's laughing. And I suddenly realised, I turned around, there's a queue of six people <laughs> waiting for me to finish this conversation about petrol. And I, I just suddenly realised I've turned into the most dull person in the world. I'm surprised you didn't get heckled. You know, people are being a bit mad yeah. about petrol. This is slightly before the petrol Okay. The petrol rage. It is a bit crazy. I had a proper mm. sweaty bum time on the way home. Why did we just got petrol as normal? Like, hopefully most of the sane people in the UK did. But obviously it sounds stupid, but it does run out when you drive far. And I was like very quickly going, oh mm. shit, I've got no petrol. And everywhere you went was absolutely ridiculous queues. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, the world yeah. will be back to normal. But in the meantime, I did see a wonderful sign. I didn't see it in real life, obviously, saw it on mm. the internet. But I saw a really good sign on a bookshop window yeah. that said, huge shortage of books coming soon. Please panic buy here. And I just thought that was great. <laughs> I saw a really good sign that I saw in real life. <laughs> it was a 
this band. Mad. It was on this band that really made me laugh. And it said, <laughs> remember, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Oh, wow. And it was for like, for like this, I think it was a glass cutting company. <laughs> just really tickled me tickled me enough to take a photo of it oh i like it yeah well it just feels so melodramatic (laughs) actually i probably should have taken down their number because we have a massive hole in one of our windows oh god i know i know a friend of ours accidentally pushed out a pane of glass and it's been actually quite chilly with that september wind blowing through yeah and then the rain is sort of raining through. It gets quite noisy. I didn't realise how much windows did until <laughs> I was missing one. And then I suddenly Guys, tune in here to find out about the necessity of windows, <laughs> a constant update on the weather and what we think of petrol. Oh, yes, I know. Okay. And most importantly of those updates, of course, mm-hmm. I've got for you. A little mm-hmm. bake-off blitz. <gasps> oh, yes, 60 minutes. Starting now, I'm starting my 60 timer. 60 minutes. Ba-do, 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 okay, ba-do. great. I've got 60 ages. seconds, sorry, 60 <laughs> seconds. So we've only had episode one. By the time this comes mm-hmm. out, we will have had two episodes. But my thoughts on episode one were absolutely mm-hmm. glory in its finest hour. It was absolutely wonderful. Brilliant. Yeah. It lived up to my expectations. I thought I'd hyped it up too much. It was great. Jürgen, in all of his German wonderfulness, is an absolute joy to behold. Okay. I want to be friends with him and his entire trombone playing family. I think he will win. He's a lovely, <laughs> lovely, sweet man who has just the moment of the series already when he yeah. rung home to share, spoiler, the news that he won Star Baker in week one, only to hear very sadly nothing. Insert clip here. <laughs> I'm also very fond of Maggie, who you'll like. She's a Dorset gal. And she's extremely prim and proper. And she mm-hmm. just never stops smiling. She's a total darling. Aww. And I just love her completely. Yeah. And my third favourite is Freya, who is quite young. I think she's like 19. She's from Leeds. And she's making mm-hmm. everything vegan when she bakes, when she can. Oh, nice. Like the technical challenges she can't. But everything else she's making vegan. And nice. she's really funny and straight talking, down to earth. And she just makes me laugh. And I reckon mm-hmm. she's one to watch. Done. (laughs) Have you seen Sex Education? (gasps) Yes, I've only watched about three episodes, I think, of the new series, and I'm loving it so much. So good, isn't it? I love it. Oh, I'm so glad you're watching it. I want to talk to you about everything. But if you haven't finished it, then I can't. Mm, have you watched it all? Yeah, I just <laughs> had a big night last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So Sex Education is set in an English high school and it focuses on the school and its students. So the main character, the protagonist, is Otis, who's a very straight-laced, awkward teenager, and his mum... Oh my God, Jean Milburn, played by Gillian Anderson, who's the MILF to die for, is a sex therapist. So Otis and Maeve, who's this really bright but quite hard up for money, troubled young woman, set up a sex therapy clinic accidentally at their school to combat all these rumours and fears that are circulating around these students. Meanwhile, all the students and all their friends are going through these various different struggles. So some of them are coming out as gay and having difficulties 
difficulties with that. Some of them have bullying parents. Some of them are obsessed with aliens having sex. <laughs> it's this totally heartwarming high school drama that has heart. It's got communication. It's got sex positivity, body positivity, and these really flawed but totally lovable characters all on their own unique and endlessly relatable journeys. And it's got some really solid sex advice as well about the different shapes of vulvas, how to pleasure your partner, how to have safe sex. And it's got high school cliques, bullies, best friends. It's so lovely. And it's sort of set in this idyllic, not a fantasy land, but it's this very like, it's England, but it's all very lush and green and forested and everyone lives in houses made of glass that look over mountain ranges and Mm. everyone has unique but somehow sort of unified clothing styles and they have so much more and so much more interesting styles of sex than I ever had as a teenager. It's such a wonderful premise and season three really blew it out of the water there are so many interesting threads it's premised around this really villainous head teacher played so well by jemima kirk and she's this very like chic teacher that's determined to get mordell's school record back on track and stop it from being known as sex school and it develops into some really nasty things but then she's also then given a sympathetic backstory like mr groff was and yeah it's just so such a wonderful show really heartwarming and it so delivers how much better is it than the second season i must admit i did really benefit from the previously on you know when they do the kind of what's happened so far at moordale yeah because the first series i remember so clearly i think i maybe watched it twice i feel like i remember that first series really well and the second Mm. series is a bit of a blur but the second series yeah was definitely a bit more loosey-goosey in my brain Mm. but i'm loving the start of the of this series i mean like i said i'm only a few episodes in one Mm. thing i'm loving so far is the dive into mr groff's backstory and the whole brother thing because i just think yeah they did that so well with adam in the first series by being Mm -hmm. like look why this guy's a bully because he's a product of his environment Mm. and then he like softens out and everything and becomes who he really should be oh and obviously mr groff is kind of at the root of that and now we're doing that with him as well and going look why he's the way he is and i just think it's such an emotionally intelligent show it's so great yeah adam's arc and this series is so beautiful i cried Mm. so many times watching it and for a show that's so warming and funny and (laughs) and just sort of light it's got so many wonderfully profound and as you're saying sensitive and emotionally developed moments that i I just love it so much Mm. and i'm so glad because i really didn't rate the second season i wasn't planning on watching the third season until my friend my friend was like oh it's really good i had five minutes between two tasks I was doing and I thought you know what I'm just gonna give myself a little teaser and the first two minutes or so of Sex Education's third season first episode is literally just like a three minute montage of people having sex (laughs) oh my god yeah I forgot that I remember getting to the end of that montage and being like my god my whole body is very tense I didn't know quite how to watch that I was like wow it's a lot of sex I watched the three minute thing and then had to get on with the rest of my day day and I was just very confused (laughs) the love actually scenes of Martin Freeman and Mm. the lady that plays Stacey and Gavin and Stacey Joanna Page Joanna Page was just flying through my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's classic for making you instantly trying to work out what's going on there from like a normal working perspective of being mm. like, how is your day at work? 
Mm. But yeah, I'm very excited to watch more. It's such a good show. And I, I think it's just been announced they're doing a fourth series as well. They set it up like they're about to do a fourth series. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Mystery, mystery. It didn't wrap up the endings. It's sort of oh, okay, good. letting them yeah, fly. Yeah, I think it was announced the other day which is unusual because netflix doesn't usually go beyond three seasons i read a very interesting article about the money making procedure for netflix so you get the big hype for starting a show the audience will only decrease as it goes on no matter how beloved it is they will Mm. never get the same hype as in that first moment so they they will generally make more money from bringing out a new show than they will continuing an old one that's why quite a lot of the netflix things run to about three seasons or so yeah i guess you get that magic combination of like pull everyone in with the first one get them obsessed Mm. so they're so excited for the second one and then Mm. round it off before you ruin it with the third one kind Mm. of is that like nice triumvirate of good yeah things like friends probably won't happen again when the big hitters like netflix are reducing the run on time for things you'd never get the same long long running shows you would with friends which is a shame maybe that sort of time for slow binge watching is done and it's all about the you know fast-paced enjoyment Mm -hmm. yeah i have a couple of fun facts for you related to sex education which are that teens in u.s states that prescribe more abstinence education are more likely to become pregnant and one in four teens in the u.s receives information about abstinence without receiving any information or instructions about birth control Mm, gosh that's a lot one in four i know Mm. which i think you know in light of everything that sex education was promoting is just important to have shows that talk about sex and talk about it being natural yeah for sure one of the things i loved about well loved and also found very conflicting and confusing whilst watching the little bits of sex education i've watched so far yeah is that the actor who plays adam connor swindles Mm. is also playing one of the navy officers in bbc's vigil Mm, have you have you watched vigil or heard anything about it no i know absolutely nothing Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm so excited for you to, I kind of want to tell you absolutely everything and also nothing about this show because like, you must watch it. It's Grip the Nation. Everyone's been talking about mm. it. I was so stressed because I didn't get to watch it live, the finale on mm-hmm. Sunday night. And I was like, I need to watch it before I see it somewhere about what happened. It is absolutely incredible, this show, but it was just been very strange because the role that Connor Swindles plays in Sex Education as Adam is very different mm. to the role he plays in Vigil as this very serious naval mm-hmm. officer. He's just, I mean, shows his range. He's a wonderful Mm. actor. But yeah, really weird seeing him in both those roles. I'm like, I'm very confused. (laughs) You're having sex and then you're in a boat. I don't know what's happening. Oh, Vigil has just been so Mm. good. And it's been coming out weekly on Sunday nights on BBC for the last Mm. six weeks. And I've actually gone from resenting it to loving being back in that wait weekly for the next episode Mm -hmm. cycle it's just felt really nice to go back to that craving the next Mm. episode and it just makes it even more tense given it's the most tense plot line ever so vigil is written by tom edge and i'm just amazed at his mind like how can someone create something that extraordinary in terms of the story and the plot and the different levels Mm. and it's basically 
as close as you'll get to a, a locked room mystery, given the whole thing takes place on a submarine. Mm. So it's set on HMS Vigil, which is a CDAS, which I've now learned, is a continuous at-sea deterrent, oh. providing Britain with a constant nuclear deterrent. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that, from talking to other people, and definitely from my experience of it, has been such like a wow factor of this show, mm-hmm. is I just knew shockingly little about nuclear deterrent and Britain's, yeah. and, you know, our submarines and anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know anything about it. And... It's so interesting and so overwhelming to consider what's kind of going on out there and what's this Mm. constant level of protection and threat and is it necessary, is it not necessary, all of those things. You know, there's obviously a lot of politics in the show, different Mm. angles, but the kind of staggering nature of what the crew members and everyone that commits to that life goes through, their day-to-day routine, the vulnerability of being physically in that environment. Yeah, yeah is so mind-blowing. I've not quite been able to get my head around it. Mm. And reading things like if people on a patrol on a submarine like that suffer a bereavement, you know, if like their wife dies in a car crash back home, Mm. they aren't told because you wouldn't be able to keep someone stable in a ship underwater with no chance of reaching the surface again for three months. Fuck. Knowing your wife's... Do you know what I mean? So they just don't tell people. So communication is vetted yeah. massively as to what messages come through because they can't risk someone destabilizing in that way. And I just oh. like, that's so staggering that that's a lifestyle and a workplace. And it's yeah. so impressive, the sacrifice. Well, you think of astronauts as being incredibly isolated from from the world and not being allowed to go outside and enjoy the sunshine and all those little things that we take for granted. But yeah, I hadn't thought, mm. you never at all think about submariners and their experience if they're not, yeah, the claustrophobia and precarious, I mean, I would say a fair amount of my mental health is based on getting enough sleep, talking to the right people going outside every day you know like the very little things that keep you as you're saying stable so you're Mm. removing all those things that allow you to decompress and maintain on an even keel excuse the pun just must be so so difficult i'd never thought about that before Mm. that sounds fascinating yeah really fascinating and just i think not having any privacy as well Mm. you know it's not being able to communicate with the people you want to and not being able to do the things that, that make you happy and keep you on track, like you said, mm. but just not having any alone time. You're so, so isolated, mm-hmm. but also never having time on your own yeah. is such a weird juxtaposition. And I, well, yeah. I just could not handle it, especially after watching this TV show. God, no, you'd have to just, no, 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 no. The show starts with a member of the crew on Vigil is found dead. Mm-hmm. And because he was found dead when the submarine was in British territory, it's also a matter for the police to investigate as well as the Navy. So Mm -hmm. they have to bring, they have to like helicopter in a police detective Mm -hmm. to investigate this death, which at the time is just seen as a death, not as a a murder or anything, which subsequently things unfold Mm. because, you know, it's episode one. Obviously something dodgy will have gone down. Mm. And you've got Saran Jones, who's playing DCI Amy Silver. And I just, oh, Saran Jones is amazing as always in this show. And even more amazing, I think, is her counterpart, Rose Leslie, Mm -hmm. of Game of Thrones fame. Yeah, of course. Is she still married to Kit Harington? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. What a couple. Yeah. You'd want to be friends with them, wouldn't you? G.O.T. power couple. (laughs) Yeah, so Rose Leslie brilliantly portrays Kirsten Longacre, Mm -hmm. who is also a detective, kind of doing the investigation back on land. Mm -hmm. And her Scottish accent in this show is 
impeccable. <laughs> like, what an actress. She is honestly amazing. To the point where she's doing an accent that she completely embodies it and the character and everything that goes with it is so, so good. Mm. She's not playing someone that's like, you know, a gazillion miles away from her, but so much of that is then harder mm. to really find the detail and she just does it so well. I was just a bit obsessed with her performance. Mm. And there are so many other good characters and a ridiculous number of plot twists of which I won't go into because it's just the most tense TV show mm-hmm. I think I've ever watched. Really? I've never been more stressed or on the edge of my seat and (laughs) it was so so fascinating Mm. so many cliffhangers I'm envious that you get to watch it back to back if you choose to watch it because it's all come out now Mm. it's just phenomenal I really really loved it and genius writing amazing portrayals and who knew (laughs) who knew about submarines not me yeah I don't pretend to know loads now but yeah it's just a whole other world of intrigue perfect for crime yeah it's which is terrifying (laughs) no i bet it's the same sort of thing as the people on oil rigs as well and shipping containers in in general as well that you're Mm. stuck out at sea for you know months at a time but yeah particularly about being underwater and the claustrophobia surrounded by that oh god it sounds so tense yeah really 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 tense but amazing i'm kind of relieved to have got to the end i was just (laughs) thinking about it a bit too much (laughs) the animal fact that i got sent this week is that sloths can breathe underwater for 45 minutes oh now i think i knew this one because Mm. of David Attenborough. Ah. There was that amazing footage of a sloth crossing a river and they did Mm. loads of, yeah, explain loads about sloths and how long they can be underwater. It's crazy. Yeah, and apparently longer than dolphins can, which... Wow. I know, astonishing. So that fun fact is courtesy of my sister Anne Mae Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Quite the double act. (laughs) Who'd have thunk? (laughs) (laughs) I actually had an interesting little tale for you this week because, you know, treat you. It's always you coming up with them mm-hmm. i was near you this weekend i was down in dorset sitting i was in pool it was Stop. lovely had a great time and yeah went all sorts of places one of the places we went on this walk this just brought me so much joy i wish i'd taken a picture of the mm-hmm. road sign it was a little town or village called Worthby travers how cute is that <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was funny because Worth My Travers just sounds like it was originated from Worth Your Travels and that was cute. Aww. <laughs> oh, I see as in the place is worth your travel as in it's worth going yeah. there. So you kind of get there and you go, oh, that was Worth My Travels. Yeah. And then everyone said that when they got to that town. And then it was so they were like, worth well, we better just call this place Worth Your Travels. That was what I had thought <laughs> and deduced. <laughs> no, I totally hadn't seen that. That's a really ingenious way of seeing that town. That's so I'm lovely. It. I just thought that was literally the most obvious thing that it was definitely called that. But maybe I've just completely made that up. Oh, it was just someone called My Travers. There we go. <laughs> Oh, but I love your interpretation of it. So I've just read the most wonderful book called Grand Union by Zadie Smith, which is, Mm. yeah, a collection of short stories or pieces, because some of them aren't necessarily stories, 
which is, as everything by Zadie Smith is, divine. And it's the first book that I got out the library that I live above now. And I'm so, so excited about ordering loads of books. I've ordered lots of books in, so I'm just waiting for them to, 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 to arrive. I don't know on what scale of time I need to be expecting them on, but hopefully they'll start dribbling in soon and I can get reading. But yeah, a couple of stories that really stuck for me from Zadie's book was one about a lazy river, which is a river that continually moves in a circle. It's a man-made swimming pool thing, but like with a with a motor in, so it allows the water to circulate and move in a circle in a holiday resort. And Zadie is philosophizing about the relationship between the lazy river and life and people that swim against the current to try and gain time but remain in the same place. And everyone feels like they're moving, but the futility of staying in the same place, going round and round in the resort and everyone weeing in it whenever... I was thinking about how it's like the opposite of the Pocahontas song, you know, the you'll never slip in the same river twice. Always flowing. You know that one? I wish I could say yes, but I'm afraid I don't. But I, I understand the metaphor. Okay. Yes. It's sort of the opposite of that song. And then them watching the pool being cleaned by two men, one holding the other in place against the strength of the current. It was just a sort of such a wonderfully nihilistic, futile piece of writing. I really enjoyed mm. that. And the other story that caught me was a story about the creator of the world dealing with the notion of creation. And I'm going to read you a page because it's just genius. Mm, lovely. We've not had a reading in a while. I know, I was thinking we haven't had a reading. Sometimes I am asked, how do you keep from getting depressed, given the state of things, given that it looks like something you started is on the brink of collapsing back into nothing? The answers changed over time. I used to think parallel projects were the solution. Just keep on creating parallel projects and moving between them, and you'll never have time to really get down on any one of them. Okay, sure, that's a roiling mess, but this one has got something. Oh, it's really got something. Of course, as soon as I felt one of these parallel projects was going well, a moment later I'd hate it and want to move on to the next thing, which would then provide its own complications and so on. And all the time, some part of me understood that dropping one ball was a problem unlikely to be resolved simply by launching a whole load of other balls into the air. But for a while, it worked, psychologically, for me. I can't speak for others. To me, it was beautiful to move between parallel projects, never getting bogged down, not feeling defined by one way of doing things, feeling light, feeling free. Doesn't mean it wasn't avoidant behaviour. I'm not a fool. I know when I'm being avoidant. But some of the most sublime things emerge as vehicles of distraction. Really depends on how you look at it. These days, I love a fragment. I don't think of a fragment as flawed or partial in any way. It's the completest model that has got me in such trouble in the first place. Now I praise the half-done, the unfinished, the broken, the shard. Who am I to turn my back on the fragment? Who am I to say the fragment is insufficient? At the same time, I am depressed. The difference between these days is I just say it out loud. I am depressed. Which I just thought was just the most wonderful beautiful way of talking about the world nowadays mm. i just thought it was so lovely and then that piece then goes on to explore how different interpretations of your work become so unrelated to the original and using the idea of emotions <laughs> because obviously the creator has created people then the idea of emotions is something that people have just interpreted onto the work of people and then the borders of france the the creator has created this world and then someone's decided that there is a france and there is a french language and it's just such a brilliant piece that i really enjoyed She's just like 
so ridiculously clever, isn't she? Mm, yeah, and I have to say, sometimes some of her pieces go slightly above my head where I don't quite get the point, but I think that's what's so lovely about a bunch of short stories is you can kind of dip in and out of them and some of them will really capture you and some of them will you leave you to ponder for days to come and you can go back to it and re-find that essence. It's the most beautiful book to dip in and out of and pick up little fragments of ideas and carry them around with you and nourish them until the next moment where you pick up the book again. Mm, what a beautiful way to describe it. I think there's so much to be said for that kind of book that it can feel, I don't know, less to get your teeth stuck into if it's not a continuous mm. thought or continuous story or whatever. But actually, we always reference those books as ones that have really stuck with us when they are the pick up, mm. take something, put down again ones. It's just such a mm. such a great concept that I'm glad is is growing and we're getting more and more wonderful literature in that style. Mm, totally. Yeah, completely. A book I have devoured this week, but not mm. with my eyes, with my ears, because I'm back on the <laughs> Audible train because I got a free account again. Woohoo! Yes, <laughs> thank you, work email address. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I downloaded with my free credit Magpie mm. by Elizabeth Day. <gasps> Oh gosh, I've been really interested in reading this. I've been really, I have never read any of her books actually. No, so that was my first question for you was I have also never read her fiction. And I think I read somewhere, I think she posted about it being like the success of Magpie and she was so thrilled that it was in the top 10. And I think yeah. she said something like, oh, none of my previous, and then she referenced the number. I think it was like four or something novels have been mm. in the top 10. And I was like, I had no idea she'd written that many books. Well, yes, yeah, so this week I was listening to an old episode of The High Low, which had Elizabeth on as a guest talking about the, her novel, The Party. And oh. I'd never heard her speak about it and never heard anything about it. It sounded really good. And I thought I should order this into the library is what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I think probably for us, her podcast has so eclipsed everything else she's done. Mm. And lo lots of people know her now for How to Fail, which is obviously mm -hmm. wonderful. And we've spoken about it lots before with various different marvellous guests. And then obviously her her actual book, How to Fail. So I, I kind of forget that that all came out of her success as a as a writer and for writing previous novels. But anyway, had never mm. read her stuff before. Loved listening to it as an audiobook. I always do. I always, when I haven't listened to an audiobook for a while, I always remember very quickly why they're so great. Mm. Though I have to admit, I did miss the cover. Anytime I see it in a bookshop, it's a beautiful book. It's this really gorgeous light electric blue with obviously a magpie mm. feather running down the middle mm -hmm. it's really nice but it was a very very good read listen even another tricky thing to discuss similar to visual without giving any massive spoilers away because the book mm -hmm. really is hinged on that elusive that mm -hmm. <laughs> if listeners have read the book they'll totally know <laughs> what i mean and yeah. the way that that is done is so exquisite it's so brilliant in my opinion i was floored by it and so i don't want to mm -hmm. even allude to anything in that vein the book carries the twists and the turns packed in there with a lot of poise and grace and i don't know mm. if it was because of the magpie title and the reference to superstition and the bird i don't know mm. vibes that i started the book with but it does feel quite like a swan or something it's just got a lot of poise is i guess what i'm trying to say and it mm. it stings of sadness and loss in certain places and it's really touching but it has that backbone of strength and fragility mm. that kind of just holds itself up the whole way through it i found it a really emotional book and 
And in yeah. that way, I was really grateful for the audiobook platform because mm. I think it really slowed me down and stopped me racing ahead with my mm. eyes for the next major plot point because you have mm-hmm. to just sit in the pace of the reader that's mm. of the audiobook. Yeah, you are stopped in that emotion and the challenges that it poses. And it, it really stuck with me, I think, because of that. I was just putting it on. I've mm. got like a 40 minute commute to work three days a week at the moment. So I would blitz big sections of it on the way there and the way back. But then mm. I'd find myself doing things like, oh, I just need to go downstairs to make a cup of tea, put my audio book on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Going to the loo, put my audio book on. I was just yeah. obsessed. Um, <laughs> oh, so true. Yeah. I started doing that again with podcasts. But yeah, no, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. It was just really, really stunning. I found it a very tender book. And mm. the book is, I guess, the main topics are fertility and families and the kind of complexities oh. within them and she brings that fertility yes. conversation into a new fold and she actually mm. it's not just you know full of heartache and hope it's mm. also really dramatic and has a quite explosive style which I think coupled with that heartache and the crushing loss and everything mm. in between it's quite a new take on it for me. I can't say to... It's not like I've read tons on this topic and this is shedding new light or I'm coming at it with mm. personal experience so it's hit me in that way at all. But it it is, I guess, spoken about a lot more now, the complexities of fertility. And Elizabeth Day especially has been wonderfully open about her own yeah. struggles with fertility. And I think mm. knowing that the book is rooted in her own experiences and mm. and pain and hope and everything that comes with that really grounds the book and it's just a very consuming sort of tidal wave of emotion not just in the sad sense in in every sense of emotion all the highs and the lows Mm -hmm. but it's just enveloped with a lot of consideration and you know Mm. obviously that's from her experiences and then her creative springboard that you can jump off when you've grounded what you're talking about in so much truth Mm. and honesty and then she just fires this imagination cannon and creates Mm. this incredible world and these wonderful characters and the story is really quite gripping in a very tender way not in a thriller kind of way Mm. and it was fascinating I really really loved the kind of effect it had on me and it was a very a very interesting book so I would recommend that one and I really recommend the audiobook oh wow Thank you so much for that recommendation. That sounds really... Yeah, I can hear how much it's affected you and that sounds mm. really wonderful and I've been really meaning to read one of her books. So what a perfect way to start. Yeah, I think I'll go and look at more of hers now and, and have a bit more of a dive into her previous yes. works. Yes, I'm trying to think why I wouldn't have ever looked up her work really. Yeah, I think I just she was just filling a big gap in my life with the podcast that she did I was listening mm. to so much of her that I never sought to, to go and like read her writing as well but loved it definitely recommend that one mm. I wonder if it's because in contrast with other podcasts she doesn't touch on her writing or mm. her literary work or the, like her literary inspirations or anything really in the podcast it's so much more about perspective and thoughts about self it's so self-aware and um, wonderful in, in that idea of failure mm. I have so much respect and admiration for her, but without connecting that necessarily to writing or her books. Mm, That might be it. Directly, yeah. Oh, how Mm -hmm. wonderful. I've got a podcast you're never going to listen to, and I'm not... (laughs) 
even sure I'm properly recommending it, but I've just been really just enjoying it in a very gentle, very background sense. And it's called Into the Fold, and it's so in depth. It's it's almost pushing it for me. Breakdowns of the Shadow and Bone series. <laughs> so it's an hour long episode for two chapters of the book. Wow, going through it chronologically, which is absurdly detailed and is so little for them to work off but I just love I love the effort that they've made to try and discuss for for an hour so little substance and I just think it's so so great I think you're just spinning an absolute taking us on a merry trip here is this you have you recorded a podcast about Shadow and Bone and you're now plugging it on our podcast Yes, it's me. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I would so absolutely start, and I've never done this, but you know how people write like fan fiction about characters? Mm-hmm. I would so love to start like a podcast fan fiction of The Shadow and Bone and then Six of Crows characters. I think that would be so wonderful. But no, this isn't me. This is um, two wonderful people <laughs> desperately wringing every drop they can out of these books. <laughs> Brilliant. You're never going to listen to it. And I'm not even sure that I necessarily recommend them. I've just I've just been quite enjoying them when I've been doing the washing oh, up. Oh, that's all you need. Is that a recommendation? <laughs> it's kind of rubbish. <laughs> but I've like listen to three hours of it now so I feel feel like it's invested cost fallacy or whatever it is that I've invested enough time in it now that I have to make it worthwhile (laughs) (laughs) ah well there we go it's always good for having a washing up listen or watch (laughs) that is entertaining but not needing any real thought or you don't mind if you miss a bit because of a particularly splashy bit of washing oh yeah yeah I can't watch anything actually because I a, I'm way too messy and also then get very distracted and I find myself standing there with, I'll, I'll be holding a mug in my hand for five minutes watching what's happening at the show <laughs> and then takes way too long to do the washing up. Yeah, not good. And we've been tantalising you with news of our live book club that we're going to be holding sometime in the future. So first step towards that is we're going to choose a book that we can all read for that book club. So we are going to be posting on our Instagram a couple of choices that you can vote for. But if anyone has any burning desire to read any particular book or discuss it in a book club, send us your ideas. And if you don't have Instagram, then reach out to us on Facebook or email or you could send us a letter, I suppose. I'm sure our addresses are somewhere on the interweb. Oh God, mine's definitely not. (laughs) Don't send us a letter. I reckon just an email, you know, just email us. (laughs) Just an email. Email's fine. And then we'll select a book in the coming weeks and we can all get reading in preparation for our live book club. So if you want to join us in discussion, that will be happening in the future. Very exciting. Very exciting with pumpkin spice lattes and various drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to the vote and thanks for the chat. Yeah, thank you so much. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.